Pints and Bites Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Danielle and this guy Mike Eagle is there as well. Tights and Bites Podcast. Tights and Bites. Wrestling podcast that talks about a wrestling. You know what? That song's not over with me either. I don't, I don't want it. I can, why am I doing it? I don't even know what song it is. Exactly. Shit. I don't. I don't even want to tell you. It, it'll maybe it'll come to you halfway through. That's not the Riot Squad, is it? No. Fuck. No. That's. I like Somebody's gonna win. It's gonna win the match. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, Woken Matt Hardy. And then three people in the audience are going to delete with him. They're like, they're like, delete this and bring us, bring back Matt Hardy that we like. But no, this I deleted. This isn't home. working. I deleted home because I knew. I remember you deleted. I remember I deleted home. I I I throw my elbow out of uh out of function at home, deleting alongside the Hardy Boys. Whichever of them is deleting, I am I am helping them. You will delete with them. Yes. You're an enabler. I am. Because <laughs> I didn't know I had power until right now. But how does it feel? Uh, uh, undervalued. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm Team Hal No Lublin. I'm joined today by wow. my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation, the best beat machine, Mike Eagle. I don't know what that's a reference to. I, I don't either. What is it, Julian? Because Kenny Omega calls himself the best bout machine. Yeah, oh, it's too, it's too, see? It, it's obscure. This is what happens when Danielle's not here. It's just two heels <laughs> that's right. talking at you. Yep. So, sorry in advance, uh, a.k.a. not sorry. Uh, we're going to have to get started on a couple bummer notes. Oh. First and foremost, everybody's heard about it. There are statements continually being released, in fact, just before... We stepped into the booth. Titus O'Neil, a.k.a. Thaddeus, uh, whatever his real last name is. His name is Thaddeus. Thaddeus something. His yeah. Is, he's, a, he's the biggest Thaddeus there ever he's was. He's a huge Thaddeus. Jesus Christ. There is no bigger. There's a Thaddeus Young who's not even as big as him. It could not be. Could not be. Who has a baby named Thaddeus? When your baby comes out, first of all, that is exactly how Titus looked when he was born. <laughs> <laughs> including wearing a very nice suit. Yes. And he was like, that's a Thaddeus. Also, not wearing wristbands. No. Just, just underwear. No, un- it's a suit, underwear, no wristbands. The baby, sure. the doctor slapped on the back and he went, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Hulk Hogan is officially back in the WWE Hall of Fame after mm. a three-year quote-unquote suspension. But why? Mike, talk to me about it. I watched the entire uh, pay-per-view Sunday. Mm-hmm. Waiting. Yeah, sure. Like, I have, like, a whole, like, open letter in my mind. Sure. That as soon as he appears on my television, I will. Open letter Depends on what it says. Open letter eagle. That's me. Look. (laughs) So many thoughts and feelings. Yeah. Because his apologies. His apologies. Like, they said they have accepted him based on his numerous apologies, and they've put him back in the Hall of Fame. I haven't seen any apology from him that sounds like it is concerned in the least bit by the feelings or about the feelings of the people he hurt when he said those things and those things became public. 
Right. When those thoughts and feelings that he had, private or not, about people who've supported him his whole career became public, I never once heard him say, like, I'm sorry to, like, my black fans, the people who've supported me. Like, right. the black Hulkamaniac. I was a black Hulkamaniac. Mm-hmm. That shit hurt the fuck out of my feelings. You were a Hulkamaniac black? I was a Hulkamaniac black! And what what do I get in return for that? Right. And in that, his acceptance back to the Hall of Fame and his eventual presence on my television set makes me feel like my feelings don't matter. Yeah. And I will have to act accordingly. I don't know exactly what that means yet, but in some sense, it will definitely be giving them less of my money. It it does feel, as somebody who's not in the affected group, which I 100% recognize, this definitely feels like them putting their toe in the water to see what the reaction is, because this is not him showing up on television, even if he was backstage speaking to everybody at a mandatory meeting. Right. Which none of us were in, but I'm sure I'm sure that the apology he gave there was as insufficient as the apologies he's issued publicly. Absolutely. A- at the same time, it's almost like the WWE feels the need to reward him so that they can make money off of selling his T-shirts and say like we we forgive him now by the Hulk still rules again with a KKK hood that has a the Ghostbuster symbol around it. <laughs> I, I wish he would even go go that far, though. Like, I wish he would, if he would make any overtures towards us as black fans, if he would make the slightest bit of genuine emotional, like, under you know, trying to understand how terrible it felt to hear him say shit like that mm-hmm. as somebody who, I remember, I'll tell you this story. Please. I was in first grade, I believe, I had a lunchbox. It was the Transformers lunchbox. On the back of it, I had put uh, an Andre the Giant sticker that I had gotten out of a Topps WWF uh, wrestling card set. Right. One of them was a peel-off sticker. It was Andre the Giant. I put him on the back of my lunchbox because I fucking loved him. When Andre the Giant turned heel on Hulk Hogan, I scratched the Andre the Giant sticker off of my lunchbox with my little tiny fingernails. (laughs) Because I could not believe that a man I liked would do that to Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Hulk fucking Hogan. Your hero. My fucking American hero. And to think that that man thought of me as a nigger. It's a horrible feeling. It's a horrible feeling. And I don't feel like him or anyone in that situation has taken the time to try to understand that and speak to that. Every apology, every defense that I hear from him sounds like, everybody used to talk like that. That was a private conversation. Uh, I've learned since then, but not say what. <laughs> like, it's it's a lot of lip service. It's a lot of, like, everybody help cover each other's asses so we can make money again. But not any actual sort of ratifying of the real feelings that I had. If he shows up on television, are you going to watch it if only to see what he's, if he... 
if he's able to even come close to moving in the right direction. That, like one chance that, I, to I, see. I, I, that's what I have decided. Okay. And it's, if I mean, it, obviously, if it's zero chances, that's fine. Because this, just, is, this is the thing. Like, yeah. after that uh, news went around the internet, and, and I'm watching the pay-per-view, I'm watching it like holding my chair thinking that in every segment like is this gonna is it gonna show up now yeah. like like i'm i'm on edge it's already the effect of it is already happening to me i'm already in a position where i can't just enjoy what i'm seeing it made me less interested in watching it damn because i didn't want him i don't want him television i mean look all of his apologies have a point. If you can't use the N-word on a videotape after you fucked your friend's wife, when you, when can you use it? I'm saying. When's it okay? Right? And every, isn't he- Every time I fuck my friend's wife- Yeah, on I tape. I surely, like, like, this is the only word I use every time. Yeah. Like, the entire conversation, there's no other words. Right. You're over above of the love sponge's house. Yes. You just fucked Heather. It's it's good, right? You're like, <laughs> I'm, now's a good time since the tape is running. Mm-hmm. To say, to admit to say I am racist, he says he's racist. Oh is he God. now more representation of America than he ever was in the eighties? Because he's like everybody's a little racist. Like that's kind of his attitude. Is like who's not a little racist? You're dropping the boot on your own legacy. Woo! Uh, let's talk about one more thing. We lost another legend this week. Masa Saito passed away at the age of seventy six. He was known for his time in the NWA, AWA, and WWF. Mike, how will you remember him? In listening to a lot of wrestling podcasts, he's somebody whose name is brought up constantly. And way before he passed, it's just like one of those people who was like the bridge between um, Japanese wrestling and American wrestling and really helped a lot of people further themselves along. So uh, rest in peace, Masa Saito. Let's talk about extreme rules and everything that's happened in the last few days with the Universal Championship. Oh, yes. Bobby Lashley defeated Rump. Wait, you know what? Hold on. Fuck, the, I have to take a second here. I said I was going to do this, and I'm going to do it. Oh, shit. To the people of Pittsburgh, you are on wrestling timeout. Oh, and no. here's what that means. You don't get any more live events until you learn your responsibility as a live television crowd. Because I'll tell you what, that was a good pay-per-view. You got to see a lot of very good matches. There weren't really many, if any, like absolute stinkers on that card. And yet people are talking about how how it wasn't good, how it was like a WCW pay-per-view. What? And guess what? Guess what? That's not on WWE this time. It's your fault, Pittsburgh. Because you guys were a garbage audience. You were Aww. a garbage audience. You watched two of the best workers in the company and I would say maybe top 20 in the world in Ziggler and Rollins put on a 30-minute match to which you spent most of your time trying to count from 10 to 1 or 5 to 1. Yikes. And then when they turn the fucking clock off, my, my producer is telling me that people put their fucking phones onto the network so they could follow along with the count. And, and the reason why, here's the reason that they gave, apparently. The reports are that it's because they said, well, we know it's an Iron Man match, so it only matters what happens in the last couple minutes. Or we know it's going to end in a tie, and there's going to be a tiebreaker. Let me ask you something, people of Pittsburgh. When you get a new novel, do you just read the last three pages and throw the rest of the book away? Because they're telling that. a fucking story. Mm. Have some respect for How what they're trying to you. do. Yes, please do ask me a question. An assemblage... Of twenty to thirty thousand WWE fans who paid money to go to an event had mm -hmm. any reason to think that the WWE 
might not have taken the time that it takes to sell a good story. Let me ask you, if you thought they weren't going to take the time to tell a good story, why would you spend your money on a ticket? Because you support the industry and you want to be there. You could support the industry a million different ways. Like they were chanting boring during the Reigns-Lashley match. I'm sorry. I, what was boring? I think that... Uh, Did you think that was a boring match? Yes. Why do you think it was boring? When I say that I was bored, I'm not saying it was a bad match. I'm saying that like what the WWE has earned for themselves mm -hmm. is an audience who is very sure that they already know the outcome to a match. Right. The audience they have earned for themselves now is an audience that is cynical. They've earned themselves a cynical audience. And that is what they have to contend with. I, I don't think it's going to work. Well, I'm not I don't I don't think it'll work and I think I think if you come in going like I know what's going to if I go champ boring, they're going to change things. No, it, it's 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 not I'm not saying that these fans are even that sophisticated. I'm saying this is that the this is the attitude that they have engendered in their fans. Like these are people who have been watching this product for 10, 15, 20 years. They know what it feels like when it's going right. They know what it feels like when they're being listened to. We're now at an advanced case, starting from Cena into now. We're like there are people who've been watching and paying close emotional attention to the main event of WWE product and are very used to feeling like their opinion doesn't matter. This is what happens. I don't blame them for having feelings. I blame and, them for their behavior. But I think that all of those cards are in WWE's hand. They're not in the fans' hands. Like, these are people who are fans. These are people who are, if, if you had turned Roman Reigns heel a year ago, you wouldn't have this problem. You wouldn't. Because people would know that it is now, as it has always been, that our voice matters. Now that people don't are very like not only are they not sure, they're very sure that their voice doesn't matter. They will inflate beach balls. And I was amongst them and I hated it. I hated the feeling. I hated being around them. Right. I was like, oh my God, this is horrible. But I understood what the feeling was. Let me get this beach ball that I brought with me. It's and, and how crazy is that? How crazy is that? Garbage. Yes. Anyway, we we're talking about uh, Lashley beating Reigns, which made him the heir apparent to the number one contendership for the Universal title. Until. But this ties into what happened at UFC 225. Which was? Brock Lesnar cutting the best promo of his WWE career against UFC's Daniel Cormier. Let me tell you something. I walked into this building and watched the heavyweight disasters from the beginning. McDonald's a piece of shit. Miocic's a piece of shit. CC! After a pair of triple threats, we know that Lashley and Reigns will have another match, but this time to face Brock for the Universal title at SummerSlam. Uh, <clears throat> you weren't really into this match the first time. Uh, we're talking about uh, Lashley Reigns? Lashley Reigns 2. It's not that I wasn't into it. I thought it was cool. I just understood why the crowd wasn't. Right, but um, th we have another one coming up now. But that's, that's, so. that's part to me, like, that's part of the problem. 
is that I watched one for 20 minutes, and ultimately that doesn't matter. Right. Like, that's part of the issue here. Like, And I wish you have six people to mix these outcomes up with that hopefully they could have made me pay attention to two matches this week to produce a different outcome, but they made me pay attention to two matches this week to promote the same outcome, and it makes me feel like they want to erase the first one somehow, which means uh, Reigns goes over, which means this week doesn't matter. What if he doesn't? What if Lashley goes over again? I will be... a I will double down on the amazement that I exhibited this week when uh, their pay-per-view match turned out the way they did. Uh, there was another world title that was defended on Sunday. AJ Styles beat Rusev to retain the WWE Championship. I love Rusev. This was his first world title match. Of course it was. And I love, you know, we've talked about this with Rusev. Whatever you give him, he will run with it and rise to it and do his best to take it to the next level. I concur. And I think he did that with this match. I think it was a fantastic showing. It makes me sad to think it is going to be a one-off. For now. My issue with this whole feud, and this is my issue with him, and it's my issue with like a, a one of the bigger, what I perceive as philosophical WWE edicts in general right now, is that like, if you have an overact like Rusev, mm-hmm. just make him a fucking baby face. I think that the shit that they do where like, Everybody's chanting Rusev Day all through an event. Yeah. Then Aiden English comes out and fucking trashes the city that they're in. It gives me this crazy cognitive dissonance every time. (laughs) And I know that for the people in that arena, it's even more visceral. We're like, if if you put the popular act in a position where we can cheer for them it'll feel so much better (laughs) why don't they want to do that then uh, so on Smackdown following that match AJ Styles had a match with Andrade Cien Almas and won but another strong showing do you what do you think of Almas in the match I, I liked it. I find myself in his matches looking for what I was getting out of his matches in NXT I think that as impressive as his work is, as impressive as his act is with Zelina Vegas, I think that they are attempting to skip a step with the storytelling that's going to make it where I can't quite access the same mm-hmm. perception that I had of him, but I do like it. I do think that it's still a little bit of the desperation that I liked about his character in NXT, right. which is serving me. What do you think? I... I get what you're saying and that seems like a lot that happens a lot with NXT where they'll bring people up and they'll expect that the audience already has the backs you know this the Sasha Bailey stuff the part of it that has fallen flat has required you to know the matches they had in NXT and I do and you do but right. but most people don't so and I only, like, only barely do retell the story you can tell the story again in a slightly different way and I think it can work and I feel like they have not quite done that, and it's been so long, and it, it doesn't feel like they're telling a long story. It just feels like they're telling the story poorly, and it's taking them forever to do Absolutely, it. because they, I mean, coming off of that Bailey beatdown of Sasha specifically, yeah. that is a place to take a story in a different direction. Yes. And instead, they walked it back to keep it in the same place, and it's just like, why should I invest in this? Yeah, you're not you're not putting it on simmer. You're taking the pot, and putting it in the refrigerator, <laughs> yeah, and then yes! putting it back on low, and then back in yes! the refrigerator. It's not working. Why do I want this seafood that tastes like the refrigerator? <laughs> you don't. I do not. You don't want that. 
Carmella. Mm. Uh, what do you think of her run with the title? I don't like it. Why not? Optics. Because of the Ellsworth stuff? Like, Alexa, for some reason on Raw, they make it look like her smarts figure into her storyline. Right. But Carmella, I'm not getting any of that. Alexa seems crafty. Yes. But Carmella, Carmella to me is a, is a really good, it's another like shade of chicken shit heel that I like a lot in that she doesn't shut up. Like she's so grating. Everything she does, how she shrieks when she's in the ring, how she acts when she's giving promos, and then her behavior, like just everything, everything connects logically for me, which I like a lot. And I think she's, I think she's really talented and will continue to develop in ring. I liked her match at uh, at Extreme Rules. It's a good, I, I, fun I bit of business. I don't ever hate her matches. Yeah, I I think that Carmel is a great personality, but nothing about her makes me feel like her and a man without a chin should be able to beat the other two great competitors in the women's division on her brand. You know, even even if even if he's just cheating, because anybody can cheat, like. Charlotte could have Rick out there doing shit. Like Oscar could I don't I don't know if any particular person she could have, but like that's an advantage anyone could have. Like, what is it about Carmella? I'm not getting that. Like For me, it's that every victory is by the skin of her teeth. And so you're just waiting for the time. Like, I hope this is the one where you the the the, the caveman brain that watches and thinks it's real to me, damn it. <laughs> is like, I hope this is the one, this is the time she gets caught. There's no way this is going to work again. And then it's a different, like, it's a slip-up or, you know, somebody gets injured. So she she gains some, they establish some equal footing, almost right. like a, like they did in the that last Flair-Michaels match, mm. where Michaels hurt himself in the first, like, three minutes. So then you got the sense of, oh, maybe Flair could beat him, because otherwise, otherwise Michaels is the better wrestler right now by far. So you have to give me some reason why... She might win, and then she esca- like she escapes with the title. She doesn't win decisively. Right. Um, All right. I mean, that's a different lens. Look at those matches at that I haven't been using. Right. And like, currently, what they're doing with her in the title like fucks up my ability to like psychologically invest in a division, because okay. to me, Oscar, especially because she's the person who's like on TV every week, she just looks so dominant. She looks like she should have the title. Right, you know, and she, you know, she was undefeated for like it's even they're still in a sense contending with that that they put Oscar over so hard that they, you know, whatever they're doing with Carmella doesn't seem like it's actually able to physically compete with what Oscar's bringing to the table. Right. I I hope my hope is that that there is a longer term plan to build a story out of her losses but you who still knows we having hope who knows we having hope that's so great do it's you have hope? have hope yeah if we we need hope right now and if you have hope let us know about it on facebook.com/group/tightsfights and at tightsfights on twitter and instagram up next we've got more on extreme rules and all the fallout that's coming up on tights and fights Beginning this summer, you can listen to new episodes of Inside Pop every other week for an even deeper dive inside the world of pop culture. Now, we're still bringing you our brilliant insight, always on the nose opinions, and insidery inside information on the most interesting pop culture stories of the week. And we'll also have interviews with the pop culture professionals who create the culture you crave. 
For example, we'll speak to casting directors about how they find the right talent for the right role. We'll talk to music supervisors about how they choose the music to create the right mood. And we'll grill producers who'll discuss what exactly a producer does. Oh man, Sean, how many times has someone said to you, oh, you're a producer, so what do you actually do? So many times. <laughs> Same here. So make sure to catch Inside Pop every other Wednesday on Maximum Fun to indulge your pop culture obsessions. And to hear in-depth interviews from the movers and the shakers in TV, music, film, and more. Guys and Podcast. Guys and Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin. I'm joined today by Michael Eagle. I'm it's sorry. weird when Danielle's not here it's to so say yeah. her name. That was like a speed bump on Danielle my cycle. Danielle Radford. Yeah. See, she's here too. Oh, that, that was so close. I know. I was super close. Are you her the whole time? I don't know. You shrugged, You've but never it, s- wasn't, it wasn't convincing. <laughs> Have you ever seen us in the same room? Yes. <laughs> Shit. Damn it. Uh, my, my improv training just said yes and, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and you're full of shit. <laughs> yes, and there was a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing our breakdown of the past week's matches, let's talk about the main event of Extreme Rules, Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler in a 5-4-3-2-1 Ironman match for the IC title. A lot going on in this match. What did you think? I thought the Ironman match was... Interesting in that I've never seen them execute an Iron Man match in that fashion. Right. Um, when Seth got an early pin, I was like, okay, this is new. Because usually, like, the babyface goes, like, if there's going to be a quick fall, it's the heel getting it. And, and, you know, and the babyface is fighting from underneath the whole time, which is um, especially what you would think they might lean on since this Iron Man match is not 60 minutes, it's 30. Right. you think that they would, like, if they were going to condense things, they would do it that way, but they went the other way with it, and so they had uh, Galloway's interference mean, like, four falls, I think? Yeah, three straight falls. He was down 3-1, and he went, then he went up 4-3. When you have a climate where you only have a couple baby faces that are actually objectively over from my point of view, which is defeating the point of the word objectively. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't know how it feels. No, I know, I'm going to say it feels not good to see that performer pin that many times. Like, and I know at the end of it, like to me at the, at the end of it, if, if you had done that last spot where they were winning the match, then I'd have felt better about it. But to do that last spot and they're losing their match, to me, that character lost some luster. I hear you. I've seen Triple H clock the rock with a chair just to stay one pin up on him and weaken him for later on. But to get three in a row like that is so smart. And and such, like, again, you get when the crowd is dictating what you're what you're seeing in front of you to a certain extent. Those things lose impact, but wait, but if you think about it, if you go back and think about it, go, oh, that was, that was a brilliant piece of storytelling. Now I'll say this: I, I think that that is innovative, but I'm not sure it's smart. Why not? Because I think that like if you figure a way for Dolph Ziggler to get those same pins with a weapon, then it's smart. 
but since basically you're transferring that heat to another person who's not even involved, I think you're weakening your strong baby face for not a great reason. Look, I think if James Ellsworth was his second, I would agree with you. But his weapon is Drew McIntyre, who is a gigantic, muscly dude. And that Claymore looked devastating. That's the best Claymore I've ever seen him give. I, I love the Claymore. Oh, I my think God. Claymore, it... I think the Claymore is an incredible uh, finish. I think that what you're sacrificing is a little bit of Seth Rollins' overness to give him that. We don't know if the story is over. Here you go, hope it again. No, we don't. We don't know if it is over. I'm okay with that. I'm being sure the it is because Rollins can go. I I don't think Rollins is that adversely affected. He's still a main event guy. I'm I'm not saying that it knocked him all the way down <clears> the peg. <throat> I'm just saying that like I think that what they had maybe three weeks ago, a month ago with Seth Rollins, was the closest we can get in this modern era to lightning in a bottle. And I feel like they've hit a spot in the last three weeks where they've decided that oh. He'll be fine, and I think these losses are affecting him. Right. I think these losses are getting him back towards that middle of the road. You know, we'll see see what happens at SummerSlam. Sure. See where he goes. Uh, let's move on to the Raw Women's Championship. Alexa Bliss retains over Nia Jax, but the real story is Ronda Rousey jumping the rail and getting involved. I thought it was a great segment. <laughs> I, you talk about we talk about how they mess up builds all the time and they mess up characters all the time. I don't know that they, with the exception of some shaky mic work in the in her very beginning, I don't know that you could book Rousey any better than she's been booked. And I don't think that move that she did out of the fireman's carry, yeah. I don't I can't remember if I've seen her do that before. But I actually I was sitting alone. My wife was out of town on the couch, and when that happened, I went, "Oh, yeah!" Like I. I was fully good. engrossed. It looked so good. Um, it, it's very akin to the F5. Yes. Which to me is like, that's great. A vis- that's a great visual communicator. Um, did she not do it again this week to somebody? I feel like she, did she come out of Raw and do it again? She came down. Yes. Yeah. She came down the stairs and did it to someone, a uh, Mickey, I believe. Mm-hmm. This week, it looked great. Again. Mickey took it. Mickey took it uh, on Sunday too, I think. Does she take it twice? Yes. Holy shit. Fuck it, Mickey, man. Um, I think her book her booking has gotten to a great place, but I think it's because they're listening and they're watching, they're paying attention and they're course correcting. Yeah. But she's boy, is she good. Yeah. Wow. She's great. Wow. She's, she's great at doing the good ideas that they've decided for her to good yeah. for her to do. I'm I'm ready for her to win the belt. Mm-hmm. SummerSlam is a good place for her to do it. And then you can build a bunch of great matches from there. Her against Asuka is the money match, I think, eventually. It will be if they gave Asuka the title and let her hold it for a while. Maybe. Because her versus Carmella is not the money match. No, have her chase... No, have her chase... No, she's somebody... Well, I, we, can't, we've, we can talk about that all day. Uh, Sunday, rough night for the Hardy family. Jeff loses the U.S. title to Shinsuke Nakamura. But the real story there... First of all... I, I, some people have, have had complaints about that. I don't know how you feel. I thought that was like a perfect segment. It that was incredible. The, the great way for him to win that belt. It was incredible. And then Orton coming out was awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, it was confusing uh, and parlayed into the SmackDown that we witnessed. Can we take that face paint uh, off of Hardy, though? It's very scary. To me, it is uh, well-worn as welcome out. Like, I am like... I am so tired of trying to study the details of his face to figure out whether his eyes are open or not. 
and he added the layer of having clear context over his real lives yeah. this week. Um, no, sir. Stop it. No fucking sir. Stop. It's enough. You're not in a Saw movie. You're yeah. a person on Earth. You look like three different species. <laughs> All in, don't do that. And you look like the movie Species 3, yeah, which is yes. even worse. Stop. He's going to figure out some way to make his eyes open sideways. Yeah. It's going to freak me the fuck out. <laughs> the Miz, the former leader of the B-team, new tag team champions, had quite the moment on SmackDown providing a eulogy for the failing Team Hell No. And each and every week he comes out here is another week he's destroying his legacy and no one has the courage to tell him. Not you, not Kane, not his wife, but I have the courage to tell him that Daniel Bryan's days of headlining WrestleMania are over. Daniel Bryan's career, just like Team Hell No, is dead. I'm into it. The Miz, Miz can sell me on anything. And him versus Daniel Bryan. The Imagine... <laughs> Is it bad that I that I look at it and go, boy, the video package for this is going to be great? <laughs> eight years in the making? Of course. Eight, nine years? Uh, I'm into it. Kane, uh, Kane in a boot? Kane in that boot? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you don't, like, when you wear that outfit and a mask, like, nobody expects to see you in a sling. That's true. That's true. Like, you expect to see a compound fracture sticking out of his ankle and him still walking. I mean... This is the thing. If if he has a boot on protecting some uh, broken or sprained joint, mm -hmm. any uh, medical officers who were in the back could have stopped him from coming out. Yeah. They could have just held him because yeah. he can't walk forcefully. Unless he made things catch fire. Like, and then he it, it. I mean, and they, they would have to have shown that. They would have had to have had like charred bodies on the way to the ring. <laughs> to me, any of that makes sense. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it! Can we put him on a rascal that has the posts on it to go <laughs> yes. as, he, as he rides out at one mile he per day? He should have one of those leg up rolly casts. Mm -hmm. Oh, that'd be fly. <laughs> and he should have a little pyro on that. When he does his arm thing, this little sparkler goes off. Oh, it'd be amazing. Here comes Kane. <laughs> That's got to be Kane. That's got to be Kane. <laughs> if you have any thoughts on Extreme Rules, go tell. Wait, how do we not? How is the, the cage match between Kevin Owens and Braun Strowman not on this script? Let's talk about that. That match was fucking great. That was a hell of a bump oh that God. Owens took. But the story of that match was so well told. That was like Owens going from coward to fighter to crafty to dumb to dead. He, he should have died. So good. That it, bump, I don't understand that bump. I watched that bump, but I don't understand it. Yeah. Like, yeah. But he hit perfectly. How do you... How do you fall or jump off a cage through a table... Without looking at the table. How do you do that? How do you survive that? I don't know. He, that's how, how do you not is. break every bone in your neck? It was like a per it looked like a perfect landing. It, was it incredible. looked perfect. Oh my god. Did he, he practice that? Has he been practicing? <laughs> Kevin, have you been practicing that? Oh my god. He's a backyard wrestler, he's a grown man. Yeah. That that wasn't like I fully expected for us to get news that he was fucked the fuck up. Right. Like, legitimately. Yeah, to come out and give his retirement speech the next night. <laughs> yeah, with a big, fat Brian Heen collar. Yeah. 
Bobby Heenan, Collar. Pittsburgh didn't deserve that match. No, but I mean, WWE doesn't deserve it. They don't deserve they that don't performer. Deserve that. They don't deserve him as a performer. He's so True. much better than how they treat him. True. So much better. He could do a anything. A lot of people are. A He's, lot of people are. But him in particular, I think his pedigree, his like knowledge of technical work rate shit, plus the way that he knows how to connect with a crowd. Yeah. He's just so far beyond the positioning that he currently has. That's true. If you've got any thoughts on Extreme Rules, go tell us about them at facebook.com slash group slash tightsfights or at tightsfights on Twitter and Instagram. When we come back, we've got some recommendations for you from the world of wrestling. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Hi, I'm Paula Poundstone. And I'm Adam Felber. Adam, I haven't gotten one thing done today. Well, let me see your to-do list. Ah, yeah, well, here. Make 30-second promo for Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, so at least you're getting that done. Score! Except you haven't said what the show is about. We're like a comedy field guide to life, starring me and you. I give useful advice, and we have real experts to talk about things like how to keep a friend or what to do when you encounter a bear. Bully for you, but you haven't said where people can find the show. Oh, MaximumFun.org, or wherever you find your podcasts. Times and Fights Podcast. And Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin. I'm joined by Mike Eagle. It's just me. Okay, it's just you. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's not just you. You're enough. I, I feel like although enough. we miss Danielle, we both do. Of course we do. That chair is so fucking empty. I know. I know. Oh. Every week we end the show by sharing some of the joy of pro wrestling with you. I'm gonna share some of the sadness of not being able to share that joy with Danielle. That's but... right. This is the three count. That's right. That's how many times my heart was broken. <laughs> so many times. Well, what do you want to put over to help mend your heart? Uh, we started this episode talking about Hulk Hogan and, and how I hate him and don't want to see him ever because he won't apologize. Mm-hmm. And um, The New Day, uh, who we all know and love, ain't an, an African-American tag team slash collective mm-hmm. that works with WWE. They did issue a very thoughtful statement on Twitter for their reaction to Hogan getting uh, re-accepted into the Hall of Fame. And it's not necessarily something that I can agree with, but I thought that it was very good that instead of, um, you know, putting their heads in the sand and, uh, you know, letting all of the questions and and everything kind of uh wash over them and try to avoid them all they did make a statement and i appreciate that especially because in their statement they do reference how they felt um you know as people who are part of the minority who he offended in his statement so um i just wanted to put the new day over for having the courage to put out a public statement um you know describing the nuance of how they felt in that situation um it's not a, a funny thing it's not a cute thing it's not something we want to point to is as a um, our happy happy wrestling segment but i did yes. want to give them kudos for that awesome it's a new day yes it is oh there we go Uh-oh. Yeah. uh oh yeah we got audio uh but hogan we don't hate you uh but you're cool a little bit <laughs> fuck <laughs> you gotta make a proper apology, son. You gotta yeah. do that soon. Yeah. Or else we're make gonna have to <laughs> get the fuck out. Uh. That's right. We have opinions. <laughs> we're not one of your minions. 
<laughs> yeah. We know what you did for the industry. But fuck your racist energy. <laughs> Don't get in between us. We're black and we're new school. It's not the racist wrestling industry that you're used to. And that's all. Just made that up. I apologize in advance and retroactively. <laughs> your actions left us agape when you used the N-word in your sex tape. That's right. <laughs> Don't be fucking your friends' wives. What matters is black lives. There you go. Yes. Oh, God. I love it. I'm gonna put over. You know, there are other podcasts about wrestling besides mm -mm. this one. I don't. I don't. I I didn't realize it either. But there's one called Something to Wrestle. What? Yeah, That's with a Bruce Prichard. Silly name. I know. It seems crazy. Uh, and yet, this this past week they discussed uh, Muhammad Hassan, who probably is most remembered for the controversy uh, surrounding the London bombings that happened. Uh, while he was there, he was a very uh, controversial political character that came out just a few years after 9-11. And it is a very interesting look at uh, how that character was built and and uh, introduced and what ultimately brought an end to that character. Uh, and by the way, the the guy who played Mohammed Hassan is 100% Italian-American, uh, not at all of any uh, Arab descent. People yeah. stopped supporting you know, the gas stations and the, the stores and the grocery stores that these people had spent their whole life working to own. And because of their last name hmm. or their first name or the way they looked, people stopped supporting them and they found themselves with nothing. That was real life. That, that was exactly what was happening in America at the time in parts of the country. So we were taking real life stories and just plugging them in. So it's an interesting look uh, overall. I, I, it's, and also at a certain point, Bruce uh, uh, untenably supports the company and Conrad takes him to task. It's just a very interesting uh, overall look at it. I highly recommend it. It is a, it is a short listen relative. I think it's only like two hours. Yeah, for that show is, very, is very short. I'm still, I'm on like week three of the Hardcore Holly episode. I feel you. That was such a great episode. Though. It's great. It's great, but it's very long. Uh, that does it for Tights and Fights. This, that is a, this is, we're putting over two things. That's it. That's how we do it this week. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. Two-thirds count. Two-thirds count. A quorum. <laughs> uh, this week, our hosts were Mike Eagle along with me, Hal Lublin. Danielle was out today, but she will be at San Diego Comic-Con this weekend. Go to her Twitter at Danielle Radford to find out her schedule. And if you want to see her and I tape a live Tights and Fights with wrestler Marty the Moth from Lucha Underground, go to twitch.tv this Friday at 3 p.m. Mike, you're going to be at Pitchfork in Chicago. That is. Where can, when, uh, when, where, wow. It's in Union Park in Chicago on Friday at 4 p.m. is my performance, but there's stuff going on all day, and I'm doing an after party at Lincoln Hall that night, and then I'm going to be part of a comedy show at the Kennedy Center in D.C. the next day. Ooh! Um, the New Negroes is performing in the Kennedy Center on Saturday. So, if you're in Chicago or D.C., come mess with me sometime this weekend. And by mess with me, I mean pay for attendance to something <laughs> I'm involved in professionally. And respectfully enjoy it. <laughs> yes. Because when it comes to doing shows, ain't nothing gonna stop him now. That's right. That's right. Oh, that was so good. Thank you. Now, 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 now. Oh my God, I just gave myself chills because this music is good. I, I agree. Jesus, this fucking album. I can't get it out of my head. It's so good. 
It makes me want to cry. Yeah. Our producer from the Blatino World Order is Julian Burrell. Julian, what would you like to plug for everyone? Uh, so speaking of music, uh, my cousin has an album coming out with his band uh, Friday or Saturday. His band is very different from Mike's. Uh, they are a kind of a post-hardcore band in the same vein as At The Drive-In or uh, La Dispute, if you're into any of that stuff. You can find their album right now on Apple Music. They're called Struck Out, and their old album is called What You Deserve. Uh, and their new album will be coming out on all streaming services afterwards, and I think it'll be really good, so everybody should go listen to it. Struck out. You heard it here first. Go get them. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music as well. We're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long at Facebook.com slash group slash Tights Fights and at Tights Fights on Twitter and on Instagram. If you love the show, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts. Share us with all your friends. Leave us those reviews. Let's get that merch. Thank you so much to the Max Fund members who have a portion of their monthly recurring contribution. Go to our show and keep the lights on when we're in here. Uh, if we reach our goals next uh, Max Fun Drive, we might put an air conditioner in here. Because right now, I am halfway into turning into a loaf of bread. So we're just going to say we'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Ties and Bites Podcast. Ties and Bites. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.